You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I'm Satya Santanam from Mint's personal finance team. In this episode, we have with us Atul Singhal, founder and CEO of Scriptbox, a digital wealth management platform. According to Scriptbox, the platform's algorithms construct portfolios to individuals based on their risk profile. and by selecting mutual funds with a consistent track record over the long term we are going to check with single if he rely on the platform's algorithms for his own investment portfolio and also about his personal finance journey here we go hi welcome to why not mint money a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started on your money journey so uh, do you use uh, scribos Scribbox algos and suggestions for your personal portfolio as well. Oh, absolutely! Why else would I exist? I always said to very begin with that the first customer we would want is our own parents, right? So I think my mother, God bless her soul, was uh, among the first customers of Scribbox, and I said that relationship. If I cannot manage my mother's money, I can't manage it. So my mother's money, my both my my family, uh, like Sanjeev said, I, I don't have a sister. Uh, if you can manage, uh, and I'm not trying to be sexist or anything, but those relationships are really critical. So uh, yeah, all of us follow the same algorithm. I mean, I I don't second guess the algorithm. That's great. Uh, so what's your uh, risk profile like as per the algos and the suggestions given by the script box? And what is the current asset mix uh, you have? Uh, uh, I'll have to pull up the number. I'm more equity biased. Uh, I'm more uh, God has been kind. There is there is a certain amount of wealth. over time i used to be a banker once in a while so uh, i have sufficient uh, capital available so i am more aggressive uh, you said you are a aggressive uh, uh, risk appetite investor so that has nothing to do with your age uh, or anything it's just through my wealth and my, my requirements requirements there's nothing to do with my profile it's, and i don't mean by aggressive i'm not saying that i'll go to speculation But what i mean is a the relative portion of equity in my overall uh, asset mix Is larger uh, than say fixed income or property or both. So uh, having international exposure is much talked about in the last few years. Um, so you also said that you have international exposure. So what is the reason? There must be a reason for allocating certain uh, portion of your portfolio to each asset class. So why do you think it, uh, having international exposure is important for your portfolio? So I'll answer the question in three parts. One is I always had an international exposure because I worked abroad, right? So I had assets which were created uh, over time. Uh, right? When I worked in UK, you had to put a certain amount of money aside uh, into uh, into uh, what they call retirement planning, which was an equity. Right? So that that's one part. Uh, my daughters, as I said, wanted to study abroad, so you want to dollar hedge your investments, uh, and uh, you put some money in that. And uh, we have done. We have empirically proven at Scriptbox that uh, these are uncorrelated assets. Right? So, so, so we were able to, and it is part of our diversification strategy. It is not that I wanted to be. We did our. So even today, for our customer asset mix, ten uh, percent portfolios tend to go into international funds. That's just the nature of our uh, our advice to our customers as part of managing money. And I follow the same. Understand, understand. If you have to talk about your views on the other asset classes, such as uh, you know gold and the real estate, these uh, are all asset classes which have a different uh, cycle for themselves. And uh, we've just recently 
added gold as an asset class to sort of integrated portfolio, uh, about 10% we believe. Again, it's an uncorrelated asset and it's also been, it's a highly risky uh, asset also. So it has reasonable volatility if you take a slightly longer term uh, average. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it is an asset class, uh, not for holding, but as, a, as an investment asset class, it's, it, uh, it follows a certain cycle. And it's uh, as long as it meets your risk appetite, uh, it should be positive portfolio. As regards real estate, uh, obviously it's a very personal bias. I, I don't see real estate as an investment class personally. Mm. I have some property for various reasons, uh, partly historical. So uh, I feel that in India, given the cost of buying and selling property and the illiquid nature of the asset class, uh, unless there is more transparency in pricing, more transparency, there's easier ways to sell. That's um, what my mother got, got as a soul. Uh, there was a small property in Pune. We had to do a transaction, had to fly to Pune twice, go and stand in the registrar's office for three hours. It's just, it just doesn't seem like a good thing to do. So while there are some new emerging uh, asset classes which are linked to real estate, or, uh, and once those get more stabilized and the regulations are more stable, I think that can become part of customer portfolios. But as a pure investment class where you go look for property you can buy and then suss it out and then say, okay, I'm going to buy this farmland or I'm going to buy this commercial property. I think uh, I'm, I personally am not yet there uh, to see it as an investment class. There are people who do, uh, but uh, I mean, typically in slightly urban markets, rental yields are one and a half, two percent, right? Platform is there, whether it's a net venture or an angel list, there are these platforms. 
they do their own due diligence but again as a individual uh, to have anything more than x percent and x percent is your personal choice uh, in angel investing is wrong again based on as i said gold based investing have you secured uh, your retirement right have you secured uh, your children's education have you secured your inheritance have you secured and against on the spectrum if uh, angel investing uh, becomes a 5 7% 10% of your portfolio is okay sure sure and uh, so now we talked about your portfolio breakup so what is one thing that worked for your portfolio in the last one year and one that has one strategy no so i actually don't look at portfolios in a one year and and i'm sorry i'm very boring uh, but i I have a certain asset allocation. I keep to it. I let you have bad years, good years. You'll miss. You'll, you'll ride some waves. You'll miss some waves. But if you take a last, if I take a ten-year average, I'm very comfortable with where my asset allocation was. It's based on my lifestyle. Uh, I'm hopefully reasonably confident that uh, I can put my daughters through the college they want. I'm pretty confident that I will retire. That's what because I never uh, comfortably have health insurance to sufficient. Yeah, so uh, I'm. I don't have an answer for that question. Okay, this particular strategy works. Scribbot said, "Do this." I think this is working. That's nice. Yeah. So uh, for, for for different people, uh, definition of wealth uh, differs. So for one, it is uh, you know the freedom. For one, it is the flexibility that it offers. So what is it for you? Peace of mind. Yeah. I mean, this peace of mind. Wealth has uh, peace of mind. That I am happy. God has given enough. That's the. And it's well invested. Uh, it's, it's it's thoughtfully at work. Uh, so that's the that's the idea of wealth for us. Whether it's twenty lakh or somebody, and two crore somebody, and twenty crore somebody, and and we are looking for customers with that philosophy. Right? So we also see we also pre. Uh, there's a selection bias in the kind of customers who come to us because anybody looking for quick returns, looking for outperformance every day, just don't meet their exciting requirements. So wealth for me personally is about uh, enough, right? And enough is a state of mind. My dad used to always say, and I'll speak slaps into jai vidhi rakhe ram tahi vidhi lagiye. So however, mahelo mein rakhe chai so pretty nice. So you have to figure out what is. What is. Can you, if you could translate that yeah, in English? Mahelo mein rakhe chai. Whether God puts you, I mean, and whether you are in a palace or a or a jhopri or a, or a hut, it's a state of mind, right? and everybody has circumstances. Where if I compare ourselves to our parents' generation, our parents to their generation, the kind of conveniences, the kind of comforts we enjoy, the kind of wealth we enjoy, and our wealth in this sense, money is very different, right? Most people have done better than their parents in our generation, and that is wealth. And and I and I think our children, I hope, will do it better than us. And that's the essential part of it. That are we doing? Because if you told uh, my father, sort of my daughter's salary, uh, you'd say, "Wow, right?" Because he was used to very different, uh, though he was a different generation army. So it's that generation to generation: uh, are you doing more, and uh, are you getting more comfortable, and are you giving back enough to society? The other part of wealth is your ability to give back. I think uh, that God is so kind that we can actually give back generously. In whatever shape or form, and somebody, I mean, like as an entrepreneur, one of the things you do feel good about as an entrepreneur is that you are indirectly, directly providing employment. There are 300 people who work for Scribbox, so 300 people, on the average, uh, do something of five other families. So, 
I'm on a startup which, is on, which probably employs around 300 people. So this that ability to give back uh, is is there. Uh, so Dami said uh, you don't check your portfolio uh, every year on what has worked and what hasn't worked. Uh, but do you review your asset allocation once a year? Uh, so on I review the asset allocation, but I don't say okay, I marketed 18 percent, I did 14. Doesn't it doesn't bother me because maybe in the previous quarter I did better, previous year I did better. Just look at my asset allocation. Where am I goals? How far am I from what? So okay, do I need to make any correction? I've not had the need to as of now, but maybe two years from now uh, I might. Understand. Uh, so, where do you invest, Atul? Um, I mean, maybe if we have to specifically talk about equity. So, do you uh, invest directly, or uh, do you invest through uh, any box? Through Scribbox. Through Scribbox. Okay. okay. So, you believe in fund management? Uh, who am I to second guess a system? I, I am not intelligent enough. I'm too dumb. There is a system which has been set up. It does the number crunching. It tells you what to do. I do that. I, I don't have the kind of brains to. I, I have the knowledge to run those algorithms. I have the knowledge to build the algorithms. But the second guess, guess them is not mine. It's not mine. Understand. Just tell me, Atul, uh, uh, how do you involve your family members in you know financial decisions at home? Uh, so two parts here. My we have open conversations about it, right? So I remember doing a, a, a blog on this once, right? When COVID hit, and uh, there was obviously a lot of panic. Now daughter asked me, right? She was going to go to college abroad that time. That what happened? I said, don't worry, I've taken care. There's enough money in the bank too. But this is a real question, right? And That's nice. So we do discuss money openly, uh, that what the value of money is. They don't get involved in the specific script boxes there, right? So they know that money is going in. The second part is that I've instilled in my daughter this habit, and I do check with her that how much money are you getting, uh, and are you putting aside 10, 20% of your money? How much is your emergency coffers? And, uh, the discipline, right? Just a holiday, I said, no, pull out money from that your uh, short-term portfolio to pay for that holiday yourself and then build it up again. So just that, that discipline around uh, putting money aside, utilizing it well. Uh, so those conversations, you kind of just build, build the right practices. That's one point. And obviously my wife uh, knows. I mean, so uh, life is ephemeral, right? So there's an Excel spreadsheet with all the assets, with all the passwords. Uh, say my wife and me are traveling and I'll sit with my daughter and say, hey, this is the latest situation. This is what we are net worth. If God forbid something happens to us, this is what you need to do. So just those conversations as to how to live life uh, using the money you have are open conversations. Nice. This last one question. Do you recommend any books for investors uh, who are starting, just starting about how to build their wealth on establishing? It's called The Psychology of Money by Morgan mm-hmm. I think it should be compulsory reading by people. Yeah, I just love that book. Yeah. Uh, it's a simple book. It talks about a simple philosophy. Uh, anything beyond that, I mean, there's one book I would read that. And then there's obviously my uh, personal favorite, okay, no Mockingbird. Nothing to do with investing. This book I recommend to everybody. Which is? Which so is? Mockingbird. Okay. It's one, of those, it's, sure. one of, it's one of those books you have to read it. It informs, it, it's simple things about simple ethics. About how ethical are you when nobody's watching? Wonderful, Atal. Wonderful. It's very nice talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Dari. Thank you for time, Satya. Have a lovely one. That's all for now in this episode, listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Satya Sontanam, S-A-T-Y-A-S-O-N-T-A-N-A-M. Or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint.com. Bye-bye.
This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.